All right. We're here with Josh Horowitz. We're going to do a real stats-heavy podcast today, and then we'll do kind of eye test later with Scott Lidskin, and then the uh, the hybrid with, with Derek Leininger. I'll try to do three, three shorter previews this week leading into the IHSAA state finals on the famed Laverne Gibson cross-country course. Anything at the semi-state that surprised you, Josh? In general, no. Um, the one, I mean, the one thing I think is a surprise for everyone, especially on the boy side, is Burbuff um, winning the Shelbyville semi-state um, and winning it pretty handily, uh, just showing how well they've come back from, you know, what we thought it is what we thought they'd be all year before all their injuries and they're finally showing what what it could be so they just have one more week to hopefully put it together for them there's no there's no real historic equivalent to this they're essentially doing the reverse of what the carol girls did what was that probably four or five years ago where Carol's girls were really, really good early, and then they kind of lost them and brought a couple of them back in time for the state meet. But Burbuff didn't have their two guys early, and now they're making that late season charge, and it looks like they could have four or five guys all state. Yeah, it's like you want to say it's a it's a surprise just because it's we, we haven't seen them yet, but it's almost not a surprise when you think of like you said, where they were going to be at the beginning of the season. It's it's a surprise if you look at specifically what we thought the week of the sectional. It's not a surprise at all if you zoom out and take our collective thinking from August till now. Right. Well, what do you got? What are some of the stats <laughs> we got going into this? All you've right. Been, stat you've been guy. plowing through it for a while, yeah. right? Stat guy coming in hot here. Um, so j- just a general stat to start off with. I thought this was really interesting. So both of last year's individual champions are returning, right? Karina James of Lowell, one state, she's back. And Isaiah Sturry, one state, he's back. So this is the first time that both individual champions return the following year since 2010 when the 2009 champions were Futsum and Topringoti from Terre Haute North and it's also that 2009 year is also the only year that both individual champions were underclassmen so I thought that was interesting but it's the first first year that both individual champions returned since 2010. Who who was the last returning champion as a girl you may not know this off the top of your head come off the top rope here the last returning girls champion to defend her title and win the next year. Cause the ones that I can think of didn't for a variety of reasons. Did you say who, who's the most recent to defend their title? Yes. Emma Wilson. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought something might've slipped my memory, but yeah. I was thinking Anna Rohr didn't cause she got hurt. Sarah right, Leinheiser but- didn't. Tyler Schwartz didn't. And now, I mean, Lloyd Christmas on this one, but you know, we don't fancy that Corinna James is going to win this week either. Right. I had Lily Cridge one run last year competed. She probably would have won and then she, she would be defending her title, but she didn't. But she didn't. <laughs> so I thought that was interesting. Um, and then I got some more. Do you, do you want to do uh, boys or girls side? Boys first, the boys first year. All right. 
so we'll start with the team. Um, so all five podium teams, their number one runner, at From least on No, no. So th- this is talking about this year. Projections. Um, right, right. So on, on INCC stats, the projected, yeah, top five t- teams, I should say, their number one runners are all in the top 12. Wow. Right. Let me, meaning they're, yeah, they're number one, you know, could place third, fifth, seventh, whatever. And I was looking for what I thought was unprecedented that all p- possible podium teams could have their number one that high up in a meet, right? So 2000. Unlikely that that would happen, right? Right. It's, it's very rare. And as we, I mean, we've talked about all year how close these top five teams are um, historically, which I have another, I have another style I'll get into, but in 2014, each of the top five teams had an individual score points one through five. So <laughs> that, yeah. So it was literally all four or all five teams in the, that were on the podium scored four points or were, were scoring four runners essentially. Right. Right. I remember that year. That was the year it hadn't rained much all October. And then the night before the state meet, it snowed. And the um, the course was rock hard. And the next day it was like 45 or 50 degrees. And I just remember a guy on our team at Carmel ran 15.52 and he was 26, which at that point was unheard of to run that fast and not be that, that high up. And, and just to reference, so yeah, that was 2014, the year that West Lafayette was the team champions. So Cooper Williams was third, scored three team points. Uh, Carmel was second and Veach scored one point. Uh, Zach Snyder scored two points. Seth Williams scored four for Columbus North. And then Ryan Kritzer of Munster came in six, but scored five points. So each of the top five teams had a one through five score, which is pretty insane. I mean, that's the best you can do looking at how high your number one runners can be in a state meet. (laughs) I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that will not repeat itself exactly in the boys' side this year. Not exactly, but the point stands that all five or six teams can have scores in the top ten in in the team points. And it feels like – Maybe this is just showing how much I'm digesting it from my own experience and my own projections, you know, for the meet this week. But it feels like some of the top, top runners on the boys' side individually are going to be clear of the field by a pretty decent amount, but there's just not going to be a ton of points there. Like the gap between one team point and eight team points is going to be wider than it would be on an average year because those top two or three team runners are going to be so much better. That's fair. And then, so to, to kind of wrap into these, these podium teams, um, you know, we kind of went into the season thinking there were five teams that would, would be the podium. We've kind of added fishers. They've really shown that they have the potential to, to be on the podium, but the center Grove team right now is ranked fifth on stats and they're actually ranked as the best number five team ever for, for a year. 
Um, and so do you know what the fewest points is for a fifth place team at state in the 24 team meet Ooh, era? Uh, this is 2007. I'm going to guess 180. It's, it's even lower. It's 158. 158 Fisher, for fifth place. Fishers in 2008 placed fifth and scored 158 points. Wow. Yeah. And so that's. Because I remember finishing with 140 points and getting second one year. And all, I mean, we're only seven back from winning. And, and it's funny because when Fishers came in second in 2015, they scored 158 points. Huh. Yeah. So that's kind of the precedent for what this year could be. Over under 157 and a half for the fifth place team. What do you Over. think? Over. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think that just in general, some of these teams, these top five teams, are going to have somebody run poorly. And when you look at the profile of a lot of these teams, like it's, it's not the top 10 type guys that could run poorly, right? Because you might go from finishing eighth to 18th. But some of them, their role players are going to run poorly, subpar, and then it becomes a question of can you offset that with, with what is your typical sixth or seventh guy or do you just have to absorb that? And I think some of, those, some of these teams, if that happens, they're just going to have to absorb that and it's going to send that higher. Do you think over under 99 and a half for the winning boys team. I, I was going to ask you the same thing. Um, probably over. I'm going under. Okay. I, I think, bet. I think one team will perform mm -hmm. outperform their semi-state projections between 30 to 50 points on the mock semi-state. And that'll be a team that finishes with under 100. I don't know what team that'll be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Certainly hope it's one in particular. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. So on the uh, on the individual side, I have I only have one stat here. I just thought it was interesting. I, I think we can agree that the boys' individual title will come down to three guys, Sturry, uh, Matisse, and Kilbarger Stumpf. Um, and I know that's the way it was written in the preview. So the smallest one to three margin time-wise, um, at least in recent history, was 2.9 seconds, which was also in 2014. But in 1973, one to four was actually 2.2 seconds. So oh, do, I mean, do the math because that was a shorter race. It was 4K yeah. back then. Right. So, yeah, if you – do yeah. a conversion and probably goes out, but I, I don't know. Do you think it's, do you think it can be that close with these three guys? It's, it could you know, be beat Math, uh, Matisse by one second. Right. Mm -hmm. And Matisse beat Kilbarger stump by one second. So it, yeah, all... it could be, it could be. I, I do think that it'd be interesting to do a, it would take a while, but it'd be interesting to do a study about, what happens under extreme conditions? And I don't know that it's going to be extreme conditions on Saturday, 
but I can tell you it's not going to be like 2014 when it was really nice. Right. It's going to be, it's going to be soggy because it's going to rain all day Thursday and Friday. Yeah. So. And so the last uh, stat I have on the boys side in the IR preview um, in the top 25, there are no freshmen or sophomores listed. And do you want to guess the last time that there were no freshmen or sophomores all state on the boys side? And also when I say all state for, the, for all intents and purposes, top 25. Yeah. Uh, the last time there were no freshmen or sophomores top 25 on the boys side. Well, I, I can tell you with absolute certainty that there was a sophomore last year and a freshman two years ago. Uh, I don't know. It's so it was, it was 2010 was the last time. Oh, wow. That that's farther were... back than I would have thought. Yeah. And actually, you want to guess who the or I'll just tell you the first sophomore that year or freshman, Patrick Appleton. I was going to say, Pat App. Pat <laughs> App, represent. We talked about him in practice today. He has the, we keep track of our PPM times. I've sent those to you, like our best PPM times. And like one of the things we've talked about is of the top 10 freshman times, their times over a five mile run. Cole, Cole Matisson has the, the quote unquote school record for five mile, freshman five mile. Uh, it's it's going to last a while. Um, but of those 10 times, six of them are currently in high school. Wow. Six of them are on our team right now. And none of them are seniors. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of our coaches went through and was like, oh, this is the oldest time on there. And it was like Pat's seven-mile PPM from his soft or his junior track season. Mm -hmm. Right, right. It's at the bottom of the list, too, and the shoes have changed. So he's <laughs> he's got – he ain't got much time left. <laughs> yeah, so shout-out shout Pat up. Did you say 2010? Yeah, 2010. Okay. 2009 was swine flu year. And that was 2009 was the most extreme conditions at a state meet. That, that was the year Columbus North had six in the top 30 for the boys. And I think our average team time, I was an assistant at Columbus North then. I was a senior in college. I think our average team time was like 1640 or 1645, our, our one through five average. I think we had guys run over 17 minutes and finish all state. I've, I've rarely seen conditions like that. Yeah, I, I'm looking at it right now. It was the, the guys that Columbus North had place 17, 18, 19 were in the 1640s. What was Gabe Ocasio's time? He was like 22nd. His time was 1649. Yeah, okay. he was 22nd. For some reason in my memory, it was over 17 minutes. But still, to be all state with the, with that with those times. Well, and in in the times that I can remember, this isn't a stat. This is uh, this is the memory reminiscing podcast now. In the times that I can remember of extreme conditions, there has been a dominant team. Now it could have just been that 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 lined up with. There was also just a dominant team that year. We were the, Columbus North in two thousand nine was the best team in the state. It wasn't even close. Um, but in 2016, the, the two top teams were dead even. In fact, when I did the mock state meet that year, it was tied. And the semi, from the, based on semi-state performances, this is in 2016, Carmel boys and Carroll boys. 
those teams were basically dead even all year and even had the same team rating at the semi-state. And it was 85, I think, when they shot the gun off that year in Carol Boys dominance. Now, part of that could be maybe they were, well, they, they clearly were because they proved it that day. They were the better team that year, but the, the margin was so wide and they only scored 70 some points. And I think part of that is those extreme conditions, I, I think, favor favor certain teams. And I just, I wonder if we'll see that on, on Saturday. Or I would, maybe, maybe the drainage system is really working miracles and we won't notice at all. I, uh, I have, I have some girls to ask before we get to that. Do you have anything else on the boys you wanted to touch on? I did a mock meet based on semi-state adjusted semi-state performances and HSE won with 109 and Burbuff was 111. And there were, I've, I've done this every year leading into it. Um, the top four teams were separated by fewer than 40 points. The top, sorry, the top five teams. I say I said four. The top five teams were separated by fewer than forty points. So it could be very close. Yes, as we've as we've said all season, could be a historic top five on the boys' and, side. And you know, it feels like we started the season thinking one thing, which is there are. Five, five really good teams, but it really looked like there were four really good teams. And I think some people, including me, um, gave one school a lot of credit because it's so big and it's historically been good, but didn't necessarily have returners that made you raise your eyebrows, right? So we come in thinking there'd be five really good teams. And then the season starts and it looked like there were two really good teams and now we're back to like full circle five really good teams and all the teams seem to have kind of beat each other or if not beat each other at least had certain times where, where some of them were really dominant and beat other teams badly and other times where it was really really close and it hasn't been linear at all and that's what makes it well, fun from a spectator side, not as fun from the coaching side, that it could be any one of the teams or any any order. Yes, and I know this is for public consumption, but I feel more comfortable saying it to you, having coached you and, and talked to you a lot about it. I, have, I always say that about, oh, well, it's, yeah, it's not as much fun when you're coaching, but I, I got to say, the way our season has gone so far, and and maybe um, maybe I'll, I'll regret this. Maybe I'm I'm jinxing a reverse jinxing for Saturday. But like the message I've sent to our guys is like to be a contender in a year like this, when the teams are this historically good and no one's really fallen off. Right, all of these teams are as good as we thought, and to be going into the state meet and and be a contender, and if we do run a little bit better than we ran at the semi-state that we're right there. Like I am thrilled. I'm thrilled by that. And certainly we could finish fourth, fifth or sixth. And it's been a, a long time, you know, since we finished outside of the top two or the top three even. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. And I am, I'm really looking forward to Saturday and going and, and 
seeing our guys run and seeing everybody compete because it's, it's been it really has i mean it, it team wise individually it has lived up to all the hype and it and it culminates on saturday and on the girl side i can be a little less a little a little more objective i guess although not much more since my best friend is a girls coach but yeah, we we can go ahead and uh, go to the girls' side if you want. Um, yep. I don't have a great team stat for for the girls, uh, but I, I shared with you the spreadsheet that I had made a few years ago. Uh, it basically just says that you know it, it takes the average points that it takes to get each place, and so fifth place since 2013 to get it, you need about 200 points, 206 like the real number. And we actually talked about this on an earlier podcast with how many of the possible girls podium teams have gotten team ratings around 200. And so it just, it, it proves again that it can be um, a number of teams for, for those last few podium spots uh, to get around that 200 mark. So it seems as if the girls is down to two teams and the mock state meet was not particularly close because one of Columbus North's runners didn't run in the semi-state. You throw her in at what she has been running recently, then it's probably dead even. So I guess that that race all comes down to does, does Columbus North's top runner run and is she back at her usual level? If she runs back at the usual level, they're probably slightly above 50% chance to win. If she runs below her average level, that certainly helps them out, but they're probably under 50% chance to win. And if she doesn't run, then it's pretty heavily skewed toward Carmel, right? Right. It'd be pretty difficult for them to win at that point. I would still think they, they can contend for a podium spot. Um, but would definitely be. I still think they would finish North. second. And remember, Columbus North beat Carmel at the Laverne Twilight meet, and one of Columbus North's top five didn't run. So this would be a similar situation. But Carmel's top three are going to be pretty far up there. Yeah. Based on semi-state performance. That's all I have for team, um, but individually. So this is actually the opposite of the, the boys' individual stat that I have. Uh, do you want to guess what the largest victory margin is time-wise in the 5K era? So since 2007, uh, for a girls' what, individual champion? What roar win by her senior year? 35 seconds? I'm going with that. Just it was 41.2 seconds over was, Taylor Nicholson, and that was it. That's the largest was, margin of victory in the – since the girls moved to a 5k so the question begs to ask is lily cridges i don't think so I, okay i think it'll be under what'd you say 41 seconds it was 41 yeah i think it'll be under that and i think there, there's just such a class field behind her this year right like i i mean not that taylor nicholson's not in a yeah. class field but we said at the beginning of you know, this season, how elite the girls field was this year. And all those girls are still there. And it only right. takes one girl to cut the, cut the margin in half, you know, first to third could be larger, but. Right. And those, the second place runner won't be all by herself. Right. 
So what what was Cridge's margin at the semi-state this week? Um, off the top of my head, I don't know. 37, was... 37 seconds. You got it. Okay. Well, that is that that wasn't her margin of victory at her semi-state. That was 43. 37 seconds to Sutherland's um, adjusted performance. Okay. So, and Cridge is going to win. Who do you think is going to finish second? James. Yeah. That's, that's what we put in the article that's coming out in a couple hours on Indiana Runner. I like James for second. Yeah. She I, just, I, just, yeah. I don't think she's lost a cross-country race. I don't know if she did some postseason stuff last year. I don't. I don't believe she did against all, against other Indiana athletes. I don't think she's lost anybody in Indiana for the last two years. Yeah. Now she hasn't seen Cridge in that time frame, so she'll probably lose there. But I, I think she. I think she beats everybody else. Mm-hmm. That yeah, that's what I would say for second. And then so my last uh, stat that I have here on the girls' side. So again, similar. I tried to parallel this to the stats I had for the boys. You want to guess the last time that no freshman girls were all state top 25. So there's one that's listed in the top 25 on INCC stats. That's Addison Lindsay. She's ranked 21st right now, but she's the closest one. I think the next closest is in the 30s somewhere. So do you want to guess the last time that no freshman girls were all state? Uh, was it back when our when my parents were in high school and I, it just started at sophomore year? I don't know. It has to not be that, for, not that far. It has to be forever ago, doesn't it? No, not that far. 2012. Really? Catherine Free of Cathedral was the first was the first freshman, placing 32nd. So on INCC stats, the number one freshman performer at the regional level was Brinkley Cooper from Noblesville. She had the 34th best performance. You said Addison Lindsay is 21st, but she'd been in the top 10. You know how they, it's, it's not an average of all your performances, right? It's weighted to, to more recent things. So, and um, I'll, I'm going to do this. I'm going to screenshot what it looks like, you know, Friday evening, and then compare that after the update and look at it Sunday morning because it's going to shift around a lot. And we, as we sit here on, on Monday night and talk about it and project it, you know, we will look at what happened the week before. We'll look at what happened at the semi-state and we just take that for gospel truth because there's, we don't have anything else to go on, but the semi-state and the state meet look totally different from week to week. And that's some every once in a while, you know, on my prep period, I'll like go back and I'll, I'll, I, I, maybe I should start saving these somewhere instead of writing them on paper and then throwing them away, recycling them, sorry. But I'll go through and kind of recalculate the mock state meet based on the semi state from, you know, 2018 or whatever. And it's so strange how it just, it, it shifts around a whole lot and things look different now than we would have thought on Monday of last week after the regional. Now, the one, the one thing that we, that we can be relatively certain about 
with some exception, is that everybody ran hard last week. So while maybe some top individuals didn't quite give a full effort, and so a girl that didn't run as hard as she could just to win her semi-state or just to move on from her semi-state, instead of finishing 18th, might be fourth or, or a boy or whatever. Like, but for the most part, the teams all ran as hard as they could because you kind of have to to get out. Yeah, I, I don't see why anyone would not run as hard as they can at the semi-state. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the level you got to run well at to get to the state meet. And I think all teams do, this, do feel that same way. So. And do you remember who the number one boys team was, team rating at the regional? Was that when we did guess the lines? No, that was the sectional. I mean, that oh, okay. was, remember, that was silly season. But at the regional, you'd think know. you could take that for more. It was Fishers. It was Fishers by, by quite a bit, actually. And, and then Columbus North and, and Carmel were after that. And I, I don't know that quite a bit, but, but Fishers was, was quite a bit ahead of some of those other teams. Now, granted, Center Grove and Hamilton Southeastern didn't run there all their boys at the, at the sectional or the regional. So that was part of it. But yeah, that was Fishers was the number one team. And this is now, you know, Fishers and the mock state meet was nearly a hundred points back from Hamilton Southeastern on the boys side. But it warrants mentioning that Fishers was the number one team in the regional round. Cool, man. You want to make any picks? You got the floor. <laughs> um, I'll just I'll say team team winners, individual winners. I mean, we, I feel like we've you already kind of done podium? that. Oh, and all right, whole podium. Okay, fine. Um, all right, boys whole, podium. Whole podium. Yeah, whole podium teams. Don't do twenty individuals. Yeah, 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 yeah. Teams. Boys. I'll go Columbus North. Carmel, Burbuff, Grove, HSC. Girls podium teams, Carmel, Columbus North, Noblesville. Um, that's as far as I got on the girls. Um, North Central, maybe podium? Yeah, I'd say North Central. And then – Trying to think because Zinesville didn't make it out, right? Zinesville did not make it out. Okay, so boys, you said Columbus North, Carmel, Burbuff, Center Grove, HSE. Yeah. So you're calling the same top, the same four in the same order as last year. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. You've been deep into the stats. <laughs> uh, and then girls, you said Carmel, I, Columbus I said North. Carmel. Noblesville, North. North Central, and and then let's go. Um, let's go Westfield. All right, you heard it here first, straight from the guy that's been looking at the stats, Josh Horowitz. <laughs> hey, I got one more bonus stat for you. Oh, can't wait! All right, this is one I've I've always wanted to share. A few people know about this. I think you might know the answer. So last year, Colin Pruitt of Columbus North, he placed. 51st overall in the in the boys race as Columbus Columbus North seventh guy so since 1980 he's actually the second highest placing seventh man right 
Do you yeah. know who the highest is? You. It is it is Josh Horowitz of Carmel in 2013, <laughs> placing 45th. 45th. The highest placing seventh man in the state meet in the modern era. Oh man, that's is that better than my is that better than my old claim to fame that I was on the fastest four bite not to medal? I think it is. <laughs> yeah, think about it. Being being the seventh guy that placed the highest. You know what? I now I'm I'm really this has motivated me. I'm really gonna really gonna encourage our guys to get after it, have our seventh guy better than 45th on Saturday. That's right. Last year was the closest call we've had had since 2013. So I, I think I'm safe this year looking at the teams, but are you are you like are you like one of those like losers from that 72 Dolphins that's just like every year you're waiting by the finish line for somebody's seventh guy? And when 45 guys go by and you know nobody's seventh guy comes in, you're popping open the champagne. I should start doing that. But no, <laughs> like I said, last year was the, the closest call I've, I've had. And I didn't realize it until after the meet was over. I, and then I, I wouldn't recommend bringing champagne one. to a high school athletic event. I'll tell you that. Well, no, no, it, it'd be Gatorade probably. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going I'm to find you on Saturday and douse you with Gatorade when we realize that. The best seventh guy is like Lucas Lemmy finishing 65th or whatever in here. I, just, I had to share that stat with everyone. All, uh, my, my close friends and family know it, but now, now the entire now uh, everybody IR knows. community knows it. You're the, you're the Mercury Morris of uh, Indiana High School cross country. <laughs> that's a deep. That's a deep cut. Good thing this is the 30 second skip ahead portion for everybody, where they're just waiting to hear that theme music. Which is way way louder than the actual speaking. Hey, it's 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 a fun claim to fame. Ah, uh, well, we'll see if you can hang on to it. We'll see we'll see how good your predictions are. Yep. Hey, I'm I'm really looking forward to Saturday. Looking forward to what is I'm one of my favorite days of the year. Going to Laverne. Um, it it's always a special day when when you go to Laverne Gibson for any cross country meet, but especially the state meet. There's so. You know what there is, because this is obviously a time of excitement and anxiety, right? And, and self-imposed pressure essentially on the kids and the coaches. And, but man, you're, there is, there is nothing like it. there's, I, I heard coach Weinheimer say one time the week of a state meet, he was like, you know, I bet I, you know, I love all parts of coaching and I love coaching track and I love working with the kids every day because I bet I think about this week at least once a week all year. There's not a week that goes by where I'm not thinking about, the, you know, getting ready for that next state meet. And it's here, six days. That's right. Can't wait. Well, I'll, I'll definitely see you Saturday. Good luck the rest of the week to your guys, and good luck on Saturday. Yep. Hey, you too. Thanks for coming on.